I hope you guys don't mind to time travel back with me about a year. I was in the process of resigning myself to the idea that part of middle age for me might mean that my hair was going to slowly turn to straw and fall out of my head. Drama aside, we all know that your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. I have tried other custom beauty products and just found that they kind of made my hair worse. But ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair, yes, but beyond that too. I feel like I don't have to blow dry my hair anymore in order for it to look good because it's stronger, fuller, softer, and just looks nicer. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. My custom shampoo and conditioner, for example, were formulated to improve the smoothness and volume of my hair. And I really see after months of using my custom formula and tweaking it with the review and refine tool for this season that I have nice looking hair all year long. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash pantsuit. So go get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash pantsuit. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash pantsuit. Traditionally, financial planning advice is either only for those who are already wealthy or salespeople calling themselves financial advisors who say they'll give you free financial advice, but really just sell products to earn commissions. Fearless Finance takes a dramatic departure from either of those traditional models. Their entire business is built on making financial advice accessible and affordable because we know that financial literacy, stress reduction, and financial security are critical to overall well-being. I'm a little bit obsessed with Elizabeth, our fearless finance advisor. I've had an array of advisors in the past who answered questions like, should we be spending less on this with evasive answers like, it depends on your priorities. Not Elizabeth. She answers with actually helpful guidelines. You're spending more than the average family of five, or I'd like to see this increase by 6%. Uh, thank you. This is Fearless Finance's mission, to make advice affordable and accessible. You meet with your planner virtually and they charge you by the hour. You only pay for the time you use down to a quarter hour. Their planners meet with you where you are on your financial journey, no judgment. Visit fearlessfinance.com today. You can chat with a planner for free to make sure it's a good fit and you'll get $50 off your first planning meeting when you use the code pantsuit. That's fearlessfinance.com and use code pantsuit for $50 off your first planning meeting. Welcome to Pantsuit Politics, where a woman from the right and a woman from the left accessorize the news with a fresh perspective. This is Sarah Holland from the left and Beth Silvers from the right. And welcome to a new feature of Pantsuit Politics, the Friday Briefcase. We heard some feedback that you guys wanted more content, and we are happy to provide that. So now every Friday, we're going to send you on your way into the weekend with a few news stories we think are worth paying attention to. And we're also adding another feature during this podcast. Beth, you want to tell them about that? 
Yeah, so we're starting something called the Friday Feedback because really the most fun and I I think kind of for me unexpected part of doing this podcast has been hearing from so many of you and interacting with you and what you tell us is super important to us. So we wanted to highlight some of the things that we heard this week and kind of what we're doing with them. Um, We had this really awesome conversation on Twitter with one of our listeners, Ashley, who is a teacher, and we were having a little bit of discussion with her as much as you can in 140 character messages about uh, teaching nuance to students, which is just amazing. And then another listener, Emmy, jumped in and it was just wonderful. Well, then the universe kind of aligned because right after that discussion, we got a message from Lucy with allsides.com, which is a startup in San Francisco. And Allsides is aggregating all kinds of news stories and um, just information that's out there on the web to highlight diverse perspectives in the news. And they're looking particularly at bias and helping readers understand the bias inherent in any source. So uh, we we sent the all sides information to Ashley, which was great. And it was just really fun to see all those things come together. So thank you to all sides for reaching out to us. Thank you for Ashley and Emmy for the awesome conversation. And I hope we can have more discussions like that popping up. Another thing that we heard loud and clear from everyone is that there are some sound quality issues and that you guys don't like it when we interrupt each other. And we just have to say we're working on it and we hear you. It's um, a little bit tough for us because we don't feel um, like we're interrupting each other in a way that offends us. So we don't notice it as much, but we're listening for it and really trying to make this the quality of this podcast um, match the level of interest in it, uh, which we are excited and overwhelmed by. And so um, thanks for that feedback. The other thing we are hearing quite a lot, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but often, is that we don't disagree enough. And we are hesitant. We, we still appreciate the feedback. But the situation with that is our guiding light is that we're trying to find common ground and bring a fresh perspective that includes everyone's point of view. So little less than the interrupting issue, we're not going to promise to work on that because that's really not what we're about. So if there's if you're looking for people to really go at it from a Democratic and Republican perspective, there's plenty, plenty of content out there for you. But that's just not us. So we're not going to, you know, find points of disagreement and argue for entertainment's sake. That's just, that's not what Pantsuit Politics is about. So, you know, we hear you and we, we appreciate every single listener and we definitely appreciate the feedback. But as far as the you don't argue enough, uh, we're not going to make any big promises with that one, y'all. So we're going to keep it nuanced, but we're not going to promise to keep it combative. Well, speaking of combative, we are so happy to give you an update on the situation in Oregon that we discussed in our full episode on Tuesday. Um, Fortunately, this has remained peaceful. And I think it's been interesting to watch the criticism of what's happening in Oregon because, um, as we mentioned in our last episode, there's a sentiment of boy, if these were anything other than a bunch of white guys, wouldn't this situation have escalated more quickly? I think that's true. And I think it's legitimate. Um, My perspective is then let's hold up this law enforcement as an example of what we do in these situations, regardless of the um, gender, race, ethnicity, 
country of origin or religion of the people involved in um, in a demonstration like this one. I, I still think that what these guys have done uh, should land them some cozy seats in jail. Um, but I'm really happy for everyone that it has remained peaceful and and just applaud law enforcement for not forcing an escalation. I hope that's an example to law enforcement across the country um, on how you how you keep something like this um, as calm as possible. Yes, we'll agreed. keep an eye on it and um, keep you informed and, and hope that we're able to soon report that it is over and that uh, no one was harmed in the process. And the other big piece of news that we wanted to put in today's Friday briefcase is Obama's ex- executive action on gun control. Um, he gave a very passionate and emotional speech at the White House announcing these executive actions. And just for a quick summary, what he's trying to do um, through the federal government is to na- really narrow who can sell guns without a federal license. Um, I think it's broadly kind of di- you know described as a gun show loophole, but really it's a lot broader than that. It's for-profit dealers who avoid background checks, whether they're at a store or a gun show or anywhere else. And so what these executive actions are trying to do is to narrow who can do that without a federal license. Um, Another big piece is that the FBI will be hiring more than 230 people to help run these background checks, which have been notoriously slow and clunky. So it's a 50% increase of the current staff. Um, They're going to require background checks for people who buy restricted firearms through a legal entity like a corporation or a trust, which a lot of people use to um, avoid the background checks. They're finalizing some rules on the health record privacy laws to really uh, remove some of the barriers of these mental health record aspect of the background checks. Um, they are tightening some rules on the reporting guns that are lost or stolen on their way to the buy the market. And they're going to really encourage more funding and more research into technologies that will make gun savers. This was one of my favorite parts of the speech um, from an, just an entertainment perspective is uh, Obama was talking about if I can find help, if I can have an app that helps me find my iPad, which I lose a lot due to age and him and Joe Biden exchange this little cute little giggle. And then, then surely we can figure out a way to find lost guns or to prevent a child from, firing a gun if we can you know if we can keep childproof locks on medication why can't we keep childproof locks on guns and um the so those were the that was sort of the policy aspect of the speech but it was a very emotional speech he teared up um sort of famously and has gotten a lot of press coverage during when he was talking about the children from sandy hook that were killed and you know i think that it was very affecting part of the speech, it's pretty well documented that this was um, an incredibly important part of his presidency that moment. I can, you know, I know how much Sandy Hook affected me. I can't fathom how much it would have affected me if I was president and had to go sit with those families for hour after hour. And, you know, I I can't imagine he doesn't feel responsibility if you're the guy in charge and something terrible like that. As As much logically as he can say, like, you know, I didn't play any direct hand in this. If I was president, I would feel like, you know, I hate that this happened on my watch. I wish I could have done something. So I think that's what he's trying to do right now is do something. They passed some background checks after Sandy Hook, but this is much larger and bolder. We use our phones for everything at this point, but did you know that you can use it for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. 
Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library, a fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week. So in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash pantsuit. Dipsystories.com slash pantsuit. Often I'll try to put together an outfit, but I'm missing one essential to really make it work. Lately, that's been a dressy silk camisole. Enter quince. I found the perfect one, washable silk to boot, and it fits beautifully and completes several of the looks I've been trying to achieve. And it was completely reasonably priced. Not fast fashion cheap, but also not overpriced. Because by partnering directly with top factories, quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finish. I love that. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, and timeless 14-karat gold jewelry. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash pantsuit for free shipping on your order and a 365-day return. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash pantsuit to get free shipping and, again, 365-day returns. Quince.com slash pantsuit. So what are your thoughts on this, Beth? I think that, um, I thought the speech was very effective. I did not like at all the criticism of him for becoming emotional. Mm -hmm. I think that's totally unfair. I think if you can't be emotional about... Uh, what happened in, at Sandy Hook? What what are you allowed to be emotional about? <laughs> so, Seriously. And some of that comes from the same people like me who have wanted more emotion from him on other topics. So uh, I, I have no fight with that and was bothered by kind of the cynicism around that that was displayed in some social media. I completely agree on the substance. There, I don't have one substantive disagreement with this action. Not one. The process concerns me. Some of this, I think, was clearly within the scope of executive authority. And in that regard, I think, why haven't you just done this, you know, and done it kind of quietly mm -hmm. and let it happen and, um, you know, made the change that you wanted to make? Um, some of it, I think, um, having done it in this way, because the whole sentiment here was, well, Congress was supposed to do this. And those losers are so disappointing to me that I'm going to have to come in and do it myself. And that tone around it, I fear, jeopardizes the long-term potential to have this remain the law um, or remain the way the law is enforced. You know, I, I just I worry about the politics of it, frankly, because immediately then you have the entire Republican presidential field come out and swear, you know, day one, I'm going to go in and protect the Second Amendment. And, you know, we've made our views on gun control pretty clear on this show, so I don't want to rehash ground that we've already kind of plowed. But 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 politically speaking, I think 
you either have the authority to do this or you don't. If you do, just do it without the kind of finger wagging. And if you don't, then Congress sucks at their job, um, doesn't convey new authority on you as an executive. That's that's my I, it's just a process piece. But on the substance, like, obviously, this is what we should be doing. And I think mm-hmm. that as voters, we should just fire the people that we're sending to Washington to represent us since the vast majority of us so clearly want these things to happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree. I think there has to be a component of this in which we hold. I know it's hard because people who are opposed to gun control have this very concrete thing they feel like is on the line. And people who are in favor of gun control, it is much more ephemeral. But that doesn't make it any less important. I think it's so, so time for us to break the stranglehold that the NRA has kept on Congress. And I really think, I mean, when I was listening to his speech, it felt very different. It didn't feel like finger wagging to me. How I felt, here's how I felt like his speech was going. I felt like he said, he was saying, it was very nuanced to use one of our favorite words. I think he was saying, look, I, we've tried going through Congress. I tried. It's not working. We have this impasse and something has to happen. And I'm the president and I'll take the heat because I'm leaving office. So let me be the first one to come out here and take on this ire in the hope that it, any forward movement will break the stranglehold that this issue has experienced. And I think, you know, I think he did a little bit of that with healthcare. It's just sort of like, okay, let's just go in and start. And I'm a big fan of this. I've made this clear on this podcast. Like I'm a big fan of this strategy. I want to start. I'm not looking for the perfect solution. I'm not looking for the perfect strategy. I'm not looking for a cure-all. I'm looking for movement. And I think that's what he was, that's what I took away from that speech is him just saying, okay, let's just, this, no one's saying this is going to prevent every shooting. No one's, I tried going through Congress, nothing's happening, but something has to happen. If the president can't stand up and say, the violence is out of control, we have to do something, then how, how are we going to get anywhere? You know, I feel like it was a very kind of. I don't think it was symbolic. I think it was important stuff that needed to happen. But I think the reason he did it in a bigger way is so instead of quietly like making these executive actions is because I think if he'd done that, the message would have been like in some circles would have been like, well, you have to kind of hide from the NRA and you have to do it quietly. You can't make a stand. You can't take a stand. And I think what he was very purposely trying to do was say, OK, you guys, I'll come out. I'll I'll take the hits because I'm leaving office. What do I care? Because we have to start moving on this. But in, I think he has a very, what I sense from him when he talks about gun control is like, I'm ready, but I need you guys to show up. I need everybody else to show up and say, I'm going to vote against you if you don't pass common sense gun control. I'm going to stamp up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use my vote to say this is not good enough. Like, And I think that's hard. And I think, I mean, I'm willing to do it, but I don't know how how much the rest of America is. I think people care about it, but I'm not sure. It's, like I said, it's so ephemeral compared to somebody's very concrete fears that someone's going to take their guns away. And also, side note, important side note, no one's guns are getting taken away. Well, you've hit on another theme of our show, right, which is moderates have to care. Moderates mm-hmm. have to show up. Moderates have to be as impassioned about being moderate as people on the extremes in both parties are about being extreme. 
I have complete sympathy for the kind of no-win scenario the president finds himself in. And that's what leadership is in some ways, right? You, like right. Pe- people who wanted this are going to say it didn't go far enough. People who didn't want it are are in this sort of he's coming for your guns um, panic mode. And then there are people like me who say, yeah, good, you know, good idea. But did you have to do it this way? Because he, he does need Congress. And my criticism of this president continues to be just then then try with Congress in a way that is that is more than shaming them. Go see them. Right. Go sit in their offices, you know, just try, try to build some relationships here. And and I do I, I there's the cynical part of me hears, you know, I'm at the end of my term, so I'll just do it. Like, that's not leadership either. Right. Like, do I, I wish he had done this earlier. You know that throughout his presidency, because I do believe he is genuinely passionate on this issue, that that scores of lawyers and legal scholars have been looking at what can be done. And and you see some of that in what came out of the executive action because the the regulations are aimed at and the focus of enforcement is aimed at people who are in the business of selling guns. But then there isn't much uh, meat on the bone as to what that means. And that's where I think there's so much room for legal challenges. I mean, this could just tie the court system up on kind of meaningless things. For quite yeah, some I can't time. imagine what part of this you would challenge. Like, what part of this do you have a problem? More people to run background checks? Really? You got an issue with that? Like, I'm I'm fascinated by what, what would be challenged. But see, I think that they did try. I think when Biden came out with the big initiative and was like, okay, we're going to pass gun control after Sandy Hook. I mean, for how much, however much you believe Obama to be an outsider that doesn't work particularly well with Congress, the same could not be said of Joe Biden. That is one career con- congressman. So, I mean, I feel like... I don't know exactly what the back, the background or the um, backstage channeling and and compromises and negotiations were with that, but I have faith that Joe Biden gave it his all and sat down and listened and understands how Congress worked and did and got absolutely nowhere with it. So I don't know. I'm I'm more cynical on the Congress side of the this, and not because I think, um, you know. The United States Congress are just jerks and losers. I do not subscribe to that belief system. But I think, well, I think probably if Obama slash Biden were looking for a big issue to really start sitting down with Congress and working through things, this was probably not the best one to start with. But, you know, I think I think they probably did try after Sandy Hook. And I think he sincerely and legitimately wanted congressional action and was willing to lead the way and got nowhere. And that's where he got so frustrated and was like, okay, fine. Um, and I don't know if that's, I, I mean, I don't know what, at which the, the threshold for when you say I'm the president and I'm going to do what I want. I mean, I think there has to be some of that eventually, but I guess it just depends on where you're coming from when the appropriate time for it is. I hope you guys don't mind to time travel back with me about a year. I was in the process of resigning myself to the idea that part of middle age for me might mean that my hair was going to slowly turn to straw and fall out of my head. Drama aside, we all know that your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways you can't underestimate. I have tried other custom beauty products and just found that they kind of made my hair worse. But ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthier hair, yes, but beyond that too. 
I feel like I don't have to blow dry my hair anymore in order for it to look good because it's stronger, fuller, softer, and just looks nicer. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. My custom shampoo and conditioner, for example, were formulated to improve the smoothness and volume of my hair. And I really see after months of using my custom formula and tweaking it with the review and refine tool for this season that I have nice looking hair all year long. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash pantsuit. So go get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash pantsuit. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash pantsuit. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Traditionally, the advice would be pick one. But thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ugh, ugh, out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, a.k.a. bra plum. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing, you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with code PODCAST15. That's code PODCAST15. Well, and, and recognizing that there's never going to be a universally agreed upon appropriate time. And mm-hmm. I don't I don't doubt that Joe Biden tried. I have I have a lot of respect for Joe Biden. And um, and I do sincerely think that what has been done in Congress, uh, probably Joe Biden, <laughs> Joe Biden deserves, I don't know, 90 percent of the credit for that. <laughs> so um, I, I think that's I, I, I agree about all of that. I just still think this president um does some things very well. What he does not do well is work with the body that he needs to act to advance his agenda. And on the legal challenge front, I don't pretend to be um, an expert on this, but I would imagine that what could happen is that we go hard at enforcement around something like the gun show loophole. And then you, then you have a debate about whether the person who's been fined um, is engaged in the business of selling guns or not, right? Mm-hmm. Is this a hobby or am I a gun dealer? Yeah, uh, I understand. That. I get that. I get, you're like saying that. I can see how individuals would challenge enforcement under the law. I guess I was. I meant like, what section of this is somebody going to be so ideologically opposed to? I'm sure they'll find one, but well, we can I guarantee that they'll find one. Yeah, that's what kills me about. And I think it kills most. I mean, I had several people in my Facebook feed who were like, I'm Republican. I'm a gun owner. The NRA is out of control because it's literally I mean, especially the stuff you hear about, like the no research on gun deaths. We want to block all funding for research on gun deaths and all these things. It's just so over the top. And I even wonder if it is the NRA or if it is a very small portion of the NRA. 
Um, I, I've heard Joe Scarborough, who, you know, I love has, you know, he said several times, this is a couple guys in Washington, D.C. Yeah. You know, it's not the local chapter of the NRA in Topeka, Kansas. It is no. a couple of guys in Washington, D.C. who figured out the political game around this whole thing. And just I feel like we it. should stop calling it the NRA and start calling it the gun industry lobby. This is the gun industry. Not people who actually care about their Second Amendment rights. I feel like this is when you say. Well, because we do think. Go ahead. We do think it's about money. I mean, we've we oh, said yeah. that loud and clear before. It's not. Absolutely. This is not policy for these guys. It's money. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think we um, sent you on your way into the weekend with a little update on and one important, very important news item. So as we close out this episode, as always, we want to thank my husband, Nicholas, for producing Pantsuit Politics. Um, we want to ask um, politely for everyone to review us on, pod, or on iTunes so that more people can find Pantsuit Politics and to follow us on Twitter at Pantsuit Politic and on Facebook. And we have an, another new addition. We finally think we found our, our closing statement, Beth, as everybody knows. We love nuance in all its forms. So from Pantsuit Politics, this is Beth and Sarah asking everyone to keep it nuanced, y'all. We'll see you next week. 